Hey, what is up, guys? Uh, it is the Trivia Guy. Thanks for uh, tuning into another episode of The Issue. Check us out Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, if you like the show, awesome. Tell a friend. Um, spread it out. Spread out word of mouth here. Um, if not, just relax. It's not a big deal. Don't tell a friend. Go about your day. Um, but hey, check out our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast or our Twitter is just at the issue podcast. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is the issue. It is Wednesday, September 23rd, and we are back with another episode here. Um, and it's going to be a pretty good one. It's pretty loaded. We're going to get a lot of football later on, a uh, little thoughts for Monday night and uh, predictions for this coming Thursday, which is tomorrow. Thursday night football predictions coming at you later in the episode. But right now I have Tim on the phone, and he's going to start us off with his rant. So go ahead, man. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to talk about uh... – something that is known as recency bias. Uh, so I, I've mentioned this before, but bias is, is everywhere. Um, you know, we try our best to remove it, especially on here. Um, but yeah, if it comes down to it, I'm picking the Steelers over the Browns, right, you know? Right. Uh, you know, unless the Browns are, you know, head and shoulders better, but they never are, so we don't really have to worry about that. Um, so the bias I want to discuss today is recency bias. Um, it's when someone thinks that whatever happened most recently is always fact and that'll always happen like right thereafter. Well, that's simply not true because people, people change and come and go and then sports teams change. Yep. And so far in this, in this shortened weird season, the nationals suck. They're terrible. They're, they're 23 and 32 right now. Yeah. Um, that's not good. They're last in their division and uh, they're not going to get into the playoffs to defend their title. And everyone's like, Oh no, what happened? What happened? I'll tell you what happened. Um, it's what has always been the Nationals' issue: staying healthy. There's a reason that Steven Strasburg is not a top five pitcher in the league because he's he's always hurt. Yeah. I mean, do you do you remember a year where he wasn't hurt? I can't. No. Nope. Nope. He's always getting shut down, or he's always um, getting well. Tommy Johnny had that. Um, he's always getting some kind of surgery, something you know. And now he's got some weird carpal tunnel, something that that is holding him out for the whole year. Wow. Yeah, so there's a reason that he's not a top a top pitcher, and so you're losing his production. And oh, oh yeah, Juan Soto's been dealing with with injuries all year, but even then, he's still been easily the best and the the, the brightest spot of this team. Twelve home runs, like thirty RBI, something like that. I mean, th- think of last year and all the moments that went their way. Howie Kendrick coming out of nowhere. What are the odds? Ryan Zimmerman all of a sudden being clutch, hitting a couple clutch home runs. Never did that in his whole career. As Dribble Cabrera playing well, uh, and the main thing, their pitchers actually stepped up and were healthy last year. But now you look at Strauss, hurt. Max Scherzer looks lost. Anibal Sanchez's ERA is almost seven. Howie Kendrick, oh, oh yeah, he only has two home runs and 14 RBIs guys because he has no pop, and he's like 80 years old. Ryan Zimmerman opted out. Might come back next year. We'll see. Anthony Rendon, they let him walk because they didn't want to pay him money. Catcher situation, Jan Gomes has no pop, three home runs, 11 RBIs. Kurt Suzuki's no better. In fact, he's actually worse. Outside of Trey Turner and Juan Soto, this team has minimal returning talent and form that they had last year. Yep. You know, the idea that, that um, the winner or the, the previous contenders are automatically going to be good is not true. We have to evaluate every year differently. It's a fallacy to say that they're going to be 
you know, a top team in the league because they're clearly not. You know, just because you're on good terms with someone, you know, be it wife, girlfriend, even a friend, that doesn't mean that you can't anger them with, with one word, one sentence, anything, and screw yourself over for a day. And that's exactly what happened with the Nationals. They thought they were good, 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 and then they realized, oh, we have no talent and we're screwed for this year. Yeah. Um, so just sit back and logically look at the at the breaks that went their way last year to get not only into the playoffs, but to actually win series after series after series. I mean, Grant, they stepped up. I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but a lot had to go their way. It's, it was a very hard. It would be a very hard season to repeat. Yeah. Do you know? I think. I don't know. I don't know if it's because of. I, I'm thinking because. Wow, I can't even speak right now. When people are so high on a team just because they did well the year before, like you're saying, I think a lot of times that can come from literally how people don't understand that the Patriots and what they did in the NFL is like so uncommon. You know what I mean? I agree. People, like, people keep setting like, you know, LeBron as the standard in basketball and right. and the Patriots as the standard in football. Right. I don't know who the standard in baseball really is, I guess maybe. The uh, Yankees? I don't know, I guess the Yankees, but they were pretty bad there in the early 2000s and even the 2010s, they were pretty bad. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. But they just think that just because you win, you mean you're going to continue winning. That's not always the case. I mean, we didn't even predict. I mean, I wouldn't even say the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, yeah, they I wouldn't. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't even call the Chiefs the best team in the AFC. I think that's the Ravens. Yeah. So, I mean, I think people, like you said, you're 100% spot on where a team will win and they're like, well, okay, well, I guess we're going to be top three next year too. Why would you think that? Just because you, know, what? you have to continue to build your team and you can't let Anthony Rendon walk. He was easily your best player. I mean, yeah, one shot is great, but Anthony Rendon was hitting yeah. I don't know, like 315 with like 25, 30 home runs. I mean, come on. You can't let you can't let that walk and expect to still be at the same level you were. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a new thing with this like with this decade that we're in where We've had so many dynasties. I guess people are just kind of accustomed to that being the new normal. I don't know. I guess so. But, yeah, I mean, they're just not a good team. They're not going to get in. But, hey, while we're talking about baseball, I mean, we can just give a little, give you guys a little update on the uh, the playoff situation. You know, it's a weird playoffs this year. So it's um, eight teams from each side get in. Um, yep. As of now, this was as of what to, well, was that as of 1 p.m. today. So mm-hmm. um, in the American League, um, the seating would go Rays, White Sox, Athletics, Twins, uh, Yankees, Astros, Indians, then Blue Jays. So that would mean the matchups are um, the number one Rays versus the number eight Blue Jays, number two White Sox versus the Indians at number seven, um, the Athletics at three versus the six-seeded Astros, and the four-seeded Twins versus the five-seeded Yankees. That would be a really good series. I'm so excited to watch that. Baseball. I hope that stays. I hope that stays the matchup because that'd be a really good series. Mm-hmm. Um, then you go down to National League, you got the Dodgers, Braves, Cubs, Padres, Cardinals, Marlins, Reds, Brewers. So the matchups would be the number one seeded Dodgers. I think everyone kind of expected them to be up towards the top um, against the eight seeded Brewers. Uh, then you got the Braves at two versus the seven seeded Reds, Cubs at three versus the Marlins at six, Padres at four versus the Cardinals at five. Another really good series. These four or five series are fantastic. Yeah. Isn't that- I, mean, I think I think the other three have a potential to be a, you know, I think over in 
I want to say the first round's three, three game series. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. I, I I can see it being you know like a two one or like a three zero sweep, or then if it's a five game series, I could easily see it being you know three one or uh, even just clear three zero or what it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. First three. I was like, I was taking myself out there. First three. So yeah, I could seriously see it being um, a clean sweep on either. On any of those series, the Dodgers, Brewers, Braves, Reds, and, and Cubs, Marlins, but that four and five game is going to be really good. Yeah, uh, I am just so excited to start watching some playoff baseball. Um, when that starts up, I'm going to be a happy guy because there's going to be a lot to watch. Um, but the one thing I did want to point out that I heard while you were going through those teams there, especially in the National League, three of the four teams from the Pirates division made the playoffs. Three, yeah, three. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, literally everybody except the Pirates from the. No, no, no. Four, four of the five teams. Oh, is it? oh, wow. Brewers, Reds, Cardinals, Cubs. There's five teams. Oh, in the okay, division. yeah, so yeah, yeah. Four of them were the only team to not. Yep, everybody from our division made it. <laughs> I mean, as of as of right now, the Brewers could be bounced, but I mean, if you look at the MLB standings here, I was looking at them earlier. I think they'll the make Brewers it. Brewers are twenty seven and twenty seven. The team that is close is the Phillies, that twenty seven and twenty nine. Yeah, and the Giants are the Giants are also twenty seven and twenty seven. But I'm guessing there's some sort of tiebreaker that's in play there. Um, to to catapult the Brewers above the Giants. So there there are teams on their tail. So no. we don't know. It could be three teams that get in. Even the Reds at 28 and 28 are, are borderline. Um, you got a team like the Phillies that could catch them uh, along with the Giants. So we'll see. Could could be some movement in there. But, yeah, but as of right now, four NL Central teams are in. Yeah, four of the five. That is crazy. Wow. Um, I mean, that makes sense when you have such a bad team <laughs> yeah. in your division. It, it tends to get a little bit uh, – you could redistribute those wins elsewhere. Right. Yeah. That um... – that would be the Pirates, you know. They're just not good. I, they walked it off last night, and I saw a uh, picture on, I think it was Twitter, and they posted about the walk-off, and I was like, why did you even post this? Like, we're mathematically <laughs> We got our 16th win. Okay. That is the worst in the league by three. The only, the only other team that's, that's close is, uh, I don't know there's a couple teams that are close, I guess, but the Rangers have 19 wins. Royals have 22. Yeah. Wait, um, Red Sox have twenty one, and the Diamondbacks have twenty one. So we're the there, there isn't a team within even three three games of us. That's I how mean, bad we are. Listen, we are the best at being the worst. Yeah. Um. At least we're the best at something. But um, I just I just don't understand. I was looking at this post. I'm like, really, guys? Like you posted this, and uh, we're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. So like. There's not yeah, even I mean, hope. Yeah, but I mean, you have to, you know, they got to keep their image up and stuff. But uh, here's what here's what stands out to me about the Pirates while we're on the subject. Uh, at home, they're not really a good team. Mm. I mean, they're not a good team overall. But at home, they are a, a much better team. Eleven and nineteen, they are abysmal on the road. <laughs> abysmal, five and twenty. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, you can't even steal half, like half. You can't even go five hundred on the road, or you you can't even go ten and twenty on the on the road, um, or even ten. It would be ten and fifteen, I guess, mathematically. But you can't do that. I, I mean, I don't understand. It's just that. disheartening, and it and the 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 thing that worries me there is yes, I know we have a young team, 
But we also have some veterans too. Josh Bell's been around enough. He knows that you got to bring it no matter where you're at. Um, Polanco has been around enough. Colin Moran. Some, a lot of the pitchers have been around enough. Colin Moran, like you said. Uh, Adam Frazier's been around enough. We have enough veterans in there. And I think the hope when you bring in a new coach is that you improve in some of those in some of those weak spots. We've always been not great on the road. And you hope for them to improve on that, and it just hasn't. How many? We've gotten worse on the road. How many? Um, so that that's a problem. How many years do you think they give Shelton before he's gone to? I, I think I think it's tough to evaluate just this year. So I think they give him probably. I think they pretty much just don't count this year. I don't know what they signed him for, but I think they give him. Whatever they signed him for, I, I would personally give him like three years outside of this year. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because baseball is tough. Like NFL, you draft people, boom, they're ready to go. Yeah. You know, if it's a high, if it's a, if it's a, well, even if it's not a high draft pick, but usually high draft picks, but um, you know when they can play, you can, you play. You know, I mean Joe Burrow. Um, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then you look, even Justin Herbert did really well, but you look at um. At baseball, the minor league system is so big. You got to give Shelton time to see through that development and see through some of the young guys and see if you know maybe he can make something work in the next coming years. But I think it's a little too soon. But it's definitely disheartening that they're five and twenty on the road. That's not a good sign. Um, the only other team to even have single digit uh, wins on the road, we got the Diamondbacks and, and maybe the Rangers. Yeah, the, the Rangers and the Diamondbacks, the only two other teams that have single digit wins on the road. Oh, and the Angels. But, so that's it. Um, the Angels make up for it at home. So, yeah. But the Pirates are bad. Yeah, very bad. Well, since we kind of covered baseball there uh, a little more, I'm just going to give a hockey update here. Uh, the Dallas Stars and Tampa Bay Lightning are in the Stanley Cup finals right now. That series is tied up one to one uh game three is on tonight at 8 p.m um and i will be watching that uh it's it's strange uh it's september 23rd uh here in the back we're watching the stanley cup yeah we're in the back half of september and we have the stanley cup on um a little strange Uh, a little update though too the NHL is they have their plans to start the 2020 and 2021 season it, on December 1st is the tentative schedule right now uh nothing's officially really yet. really short turnaround i think yeah but i mean that's they're planning on playing a full 81 game season too starting in december um so it will run a little later than usual but it will still finish before this year did um, and then the NHL said then the following year they're going to start it a little earlier than December. And start, so I think they're going to start um, slowly getting back into to, to a normal schedule. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, they said they should be returning to their their normal um, their normal schedule, like uh, start, like time time wise. Yeah, yeah, start in October, end in about June ish. Um, they should be returning to that in I said think three years. It's going to take them to get back to normal. I mean, yeah, you got to think about it. You can't just throw these guys right back into the fire and just say, oh, we'll go back to normal now, you know, yeah. or go back to normal, but wait a whole you know, year to go back to normal. You have to kind of balance that line. I think I think doing it right, slowly get back into it, slowly move the start date back to where it needs to be. Yeah. Um, so I, I like what they're doing. Yeah, I agree. But uh, for this next season coming up, players will report to – their training camps in late October, early November, and then the season will start up 
in uh, December is what the schedule says as of right now. Of course, it could change between uh, now and then. But okay, hold on, real quick, though, real quick. Yeah, we don't do over unders that much on hockey. Uh, the over under is five and a half. What are you thinking? Oh man, uh, Dallas has a really good offense. Um, both, both are. I'll, I'll give you some stats here to, to help you out here. Both are averaging three goals a game. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay is averaging. Well, Dallas is averaging more shots because Tampa Bay is averaging more saves per game. Um, who's Who's Dallas starting in net tonight? Does it have that out yet? Uh, yeah. Uh, wait. Um, let's check. I don't know. I, I does not say. Uh, uh, I know that Tampa Bay will have Vasilevsky starting. Okay. Um, um, I'm going to go oh, ahead. Okay, here it is. Uh, Matthew DeFranks of the Dallas Stars okay. will start for them. I'm going to go ahead and then take the under on that. Um, because you take the under. Yeah, this is why. Think about playoff hockey. Think about how hard it is to get a shot on that because everybody's laying down and blocking shots. Now it's the Stanley Cup, so it's going to be that on steroids. Um, it's really hard to get shots on the net, and when you do, uh, they don't come too frequently. So I'm going to go ahead and take the under. I say, uh, I'm going to say Dallas wins this one three one. You say Dallas three one. I'm going to go Lightning. Two, two nothing. I like Vasilevsky today. Okay. Um, I'm good. Two nothing. Lightning. Sounds good. Uh, with that, we're gonna move on over into trivia now. You want? You feeling up for some trivia? Are we doing? Are we doing some trivia? All right. How much time we got? Uh, we got. Well, we're at 17 minutes now, so just about 13 minutes left in the segment. Oh, hey, we're getting the math right now. Yeah, look at that. That was some. Uh, I mean, it was a little delayed, some but it was still mental, mental math. math. Yeah. Hey, there we go, guys. Um, yeah, all right, let's get into it. So what, yeah. what, what's the topic for today? Yeah, so we're going to get into Tim's trivia now. Uh, topic is quarterbacks. Oh, uh, no, that's my favorite topic. Are listen, you trying to allow me to go four for four here? Listen, you're a big quarterback guy, and hey, I'm not dumb. I know that that's your, that's your strong suit. So I changed up trivia a little bit today. This is how it's going to work. All right, I'm excited. Okay, so instead of giving you a quarterback's name and having you guess their stats, I'm going to give you stats unless you let you guess which quarterback matches those stats. Oh, this is going to be too easy. Let's get into it. Okay. Um, so first, uh, starting off here, this quarterback, and these are career numbers we're going to go off of. Oh, we're going career? Okay. Yeah. That changes things a little bit. Yeah. All right. It's going to be tough, so uh, I, maybe. We'll, we'll see how I'm going to aim for 500 here. I'm going to aim for 500. I think I'm well over about 60%, 70% right now, so I think I'm going to aim for 500, keep that average kind of up a little, so let's go. Okay. Uh, this first quarterback in his career has thrown for 30,344 yards, uh, 236 touchdowns, 69 interceptions with a 102.0 passer rating. Okay, so 30,000-ish yards, 236 okay. touchdowns, 69 INTs. Your options are A, Phillip Rivers, B, Russell Wilson, or C, Matt Ryan. 30,000 yards, that's a lot of yards. Um, I don't think Russ is there yet. Could be wrong. I think it's probably either Phillip or Matt Ryan. They've been in the league a little bit longer. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. You're 0 for 1. Uh, that was Russell Russ? Wilson. Okay, it is Russ. All right, look yeah. at Russ. Russ. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm over-exaggerating. I don't think 30,000 is not. Okay, now that I think about it, I break it down. So if he throws for like four a year, 
yeah, that actually fits. Ah, uh, you know what? My math again, guys, it fails me. Yeah, it's all good. You got a couple other chances coming up here. Second quarterback. Uh, we're going to call it mystery quarterback is a good name for this trivia game here. Uh, yeah, it is. So this quarterback has thrown for 47,550 yards, 370 touchdowns, 84 picks, and 102.6 passer rating. So, okay. Yeah. 47,000 so, yards, 347,000 yards. Okay. And your options are A, Aaron Rodgers. B, Tom Brady, or C, Eli Manning? I'm going to rule out Tom Brady because I, I know he has more yards than that. Okay. And I know his pass rating is actually under 100. Yep. You said what, about 47,000 yards? 47,000 yards. Is it Aaron Rodgers or Eli Manning? That's how you've narrowed it down to. 370 touchdowns, 84 INTs, 102 Oh, it's Aaron Rodgers because Eli Manning has the same amount of picks as he does touchdowns in his career, so it's Aaron Rodgers. There you go. One for two. Um, You just need to hit one of these last two questions, and you will have reached your 500 goal, bud. Uh, All right. right. We're getting there. Uh, I just – Aaron Rodgers is – I know Tom Brady. I'm going to look up Tom Brady's stats real quick. Um, I know that he has way more yards. Yeah, see, I was right. He he has uh, 75,000 yards. Yeah. 500-some touchdowns, 180-some picks, 97 pass rating. So that's okay. I was right. All right, cool. Um, This third quarterback here, 57,085 passing yards, 368 touchdowns, 192 interceptions, and a 94.1 QBR. So is that A, Matt Ryan? B, Drew Brees, or C, Ben Roethlisberger? 57, I was going to say, it sounds like Big Ben. But right before you even listed my options, it sounds like Big Ben. Big ben. I'm going with my gut here. It's Big Ben. That is correct. Let's uh, go. So two for three. You have a uh, possibility here to go 75%. Let's see if you can do it. This one, we're going to compare a little uh, younger guys. Um, so well, gonna... you know, I like younger guys. 14. Well, that's, that sounded that sounded bad. You know, I like evaluating younger guys because yeah. I was able to watch them more. Yeah, we better. Uh, sorry, sorry about that one, guys. Yeah, we're gonna strike that from the record. Ooh. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I, I <laughs> correction. I like to evaluate younger quarterbacks because I, I've seen them play more um, as I get older, which means I'm better at evaluating. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, continue. I don't know, man. I think I might have to go back, take that little clip out, and toss it up on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna go here. Fourth quarterback, um, fourteen thousand seven hundred and three yards. So fourteen thousand yards, ninety nine touchdowns, thirty nine interceptions, and a ninety one point five QBR. Uh, is that a Dak Prescott, B Carson Wentz, or C Kirk Cousins? Um, I think Kirk. Kirk is a little bit of a lower. You said a, what about a nine? What ninety-seven pass rating? Ninety-one point five. Ninety-one point five. How many touchdowns? Ninety-nine. All right. So my options were Dak, Kirk, and Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Um, I'm gonna go Carson Wentz. That's right. Three for four. Oh my God! There we go, guys. There we go. Seventy-five percent. Did you like the uh, the new format for uh, for this week? I did. It was kind of it was cool. I I feel like I was able to trust my gut a little more. You know, numbers are kind of hard to just get right on. 
yeah. to get to get spot on. Um, but if I know the name, like I, I sometimes when I hear those stats, the name just clicks. Like I said with Big Ben, I just kind of it clicked for me. Right. So yeah, that's cool. That's right. cool. Yeah, definitely Carson Wentz. Um, ninety-one pass rating, really. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Ninety-one point five. Um, I am. I, you guys know I'm high on Carson Wentz. I am going to revise that a little bit here while we're talking about him. He yeah. has looked really bad so far. Yeah, he hasn't looked good. See, my issue with Carson Wentz, I think that the offensive line has been so beat up in his career that he's kind of been running, well, not running, but like trying to run for his life almost um, a lot. And I think he's getting a little bit too dancey, a little too happy feet in there. Mm-hmm. And not not really trusting his eyes, trusting his legs, trusting his skill. I think he's trying to get a little bit too too neat with it, and trying to be um, a little bit too precise. If that's even possible, I think yeah. he needs to start trusting himself a little bit more. Seems like he's forcing stand in there a little bit more. And um, I think also Doug Pearson needs to to design some plays to get him on the move a little bit. Yeah, you saw with um, with LA the Rams against Carson Wentz actually, and the Eagles in Week Two. You saw them roll out because uh, the, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, their line isn't great. It, it hasn't been fantastic. It's aging a little bit. Yeah. You saw it last year. That was partially part, part of their struggle. They couldn't run the ball and uh, they couldn't really pass protect all that well. Mm-hmm. And so Sean McVay cleverly has said, you know what, Let's we got an athletic quarterback. I know people think Jared Goss only a pocket passer. And, yes, he doesn't run the ball all that, all that well. Uh, week two, he had eight, eight carries. And – he was on the move a lot. He was doing bootlegs, throwing on the run. And he's able to do a lot of those things. And I think that uh, Doug Pearson should probably take a page out of that book, watch that film, um, see Jared Goff on the move a little bit, try to get Carson Wentz out of the pocket a little bit, on the move, misdirection, and uh, see if that helps. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. They need to uh, switch something up or uh, either add something to the playbook or take something out of the playbook because whatever it is just isn't working for Carson Wentz right now. But uh, that wraps up our first segment. Uh, coming up in the second segment later, you guys will get uh, some news stories. Uh, we're going to cover our thoughts for Monday Night Football, and we are going to give you our predictions for uh, Thursday Night Football this week uh, for Week 3 of the NFL. So don't go anywhere. You're not going to want to miss this. What's up, guys? We are back. It is segment two here of The Issue, our Wednesday, September 23rd episode, and we're going to get to the news right off the bat here. Uh, Tim is back on the phone. Um, so, yeah, fire up the news, man. All right, yeah. Um, we'll just get started here. Kind of a big story out of uh, out of L.A. today. Tyrod Taylor. Um the NFLPA has opened an investigation, and they've been in contact with Tyrod and his agent. Um, he suffered a punctured lung, but not in-game. Uh, so he, in week one, he took a couple shots of the ribs. He had some, I don't know if they were bruised, broken, whatever. But he was able to, he wanted to play through it. Uh, the doctors thought he was able to play through it. He just needed a little pain shot to be good to go. Um, he went through uh, workouts and uh, warm-ups and stuff, so he was ready to go. And I, I'm assuming, like, because they, they give those shots pretty much right before the game. Yeah. To, you know, make sure they last as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And so they gave him that shot, and he was unable to play because he had trouble breathing and he had chest pain, like significant chest pain. And they found out that he punctured a lung. And the, uh, like I said, the NFLPA is opening an investigation into maybe the fact that doctors may have punctured his lung on the sh- with the shot. Yeah. 
or like somehow what they did punctured a lung. Yep. That's not good. No, that's, that's terrible. Not what you want. That is terrible. That's that's really scary too. Uh, I mean that if that is what happened for sure, and that that lung was punctured from that needle from the shot. That's tough. I mean, especially that is. I I don't know how you're talking about it. I know you hate needles, man. <laughs> oh yeah, not a big, not a big needle guy. No, yeah. Um, hope for the best recovery for him because he's looked good this year too. Yeah, he, I mean, he looked like Tyrod Taylor. He was didn't make any mistakes. He he's not a guy that's going to push the ball downfield a whole lot. Um, but he looked like exactly what what uh, what LA needed to be semi mobile. Um, to not make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. You want to get the ball to their playmakers, and he did that week one. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't say great, but he was he was good. I also think though that Justin Herbert looked really good. He did. And so really I'm did. not. I don't. I, the, Anthony Lynn, their head coach, said, "Look, Tyrod's our guy." Um, there's a. He said he he also kind of threw Justin Herbert under the bus a little bit. He said, "There's a reason he's our backup." I don't know if I saw the reason, really. He played better than Tyrod. And, like, if you look at game one and game two, he played way better than Tyrod. Yeah. I think against a better defense. In K- I'll take KC's defense over um, over the, over Cincinnati's. So I think that it's a little troubling that he said that Justin Herbert's a backup for a reason. I think he earned definitely the consideration yeah. of the coach. But the coach kind of shut that down. Anthony kind of shut that down. Um. I don't know. We'll see. I, I think he also wants to let Justin Herbert kind of ease into it. Maybe he wants to let Justin Herbert take that week, learn from it more off the field, and then try to apply it later in the year. I don't know what his plan is, but um, yeah, they definitely should look to get Tyrod Taylor back. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that that transpires. Yeah, for sure. Uh, best of luck to Tyrod Taylor in his recovery, though. Um, Absolutely. You have some more? You have, a, you have a story that you want to talk about? Um. I have a couple more here. Um, that was my big one that I wanted to hit. So continue. Yeah, ahead. I have one here. Gail, Gail Sayers dies at uh, died at the age of seventy seven. I believe that was either early this morning or yesterday. Um, that sucks. He was a Bears running back for he had he had five really really good dominant years, and then he had some injuries and limited his career. But um, Hall of Famer, absolute legend, skill wise, top top ten back of all time. You just hate to see it. Twenty twenty gets worse. I yeah. mean. He was battling oh, uh, dementia, which is terrible. I've, I've I've had some experience with that in my family, so it, it's that's a terrible, terrible thing to see someone go through. So, no, yeah, um, sure. definitely prayers out to not only the Bears community but his family for, for sure. sure. For sure, that that disease affects uh, not just. I know we've talked about it uh, together, um, but I mean that that's one of those diseases that just doesn't affect the uh, the person who has it. But um, the family around usually gets uh, pretty impacted by that. It, it can be pretty tough. So, uh, yeah, prayers out to them. Absolutely. Sure. So, yeah, prayers out to them. Um, moving on, kind of an interesting story here. I don't know if I'd go with happy, but definitely happier than the last story. Um, Lincoln Riley is not pleased with the NCAA and their um, marijuana rules, laws, whatever. whatever. Um, so he had three players, I believe, test positive for uh, marijuana in their system before the bowl game last year. Mm. And they technically for one positive test of, of marijuana, the player needs to be suspended for half of a season, which I think is, I think six games is technically wow. the thing. And Lincoln Riley is not happy about that. And I think part of the reason is it's actually recreationally legal in Oklahoma. 
Yeah. And um, so he is he is upset. He thinks that the rule is archaic and it needs changed. I think maybe one game. I, I also think that we're heading towards a a place where actually marijuana is going to be preferred over. You see, you see guys like Tyra Taylor getting a painkiller shot issues. You see guys get Vicodin prescribed. You get issues with that. You know, it's it's a highly addictive drug. Mm-hmm. Um, just scientifically speaking, it, it's it's definitely safer if the patient would prefer to have medical marijuana. Yep. And um, especially in a state where it's legal. So I, yeah, I agree. And I think we're going to see a change. Um, maybe not now, maybe not in a couple of years, but I think eventually we're going to see a shift to that. But right now, Lincoln Riley wishes it was now because he is upset about that rule. Yeah. And um, I'm actually a little bit surprised to see such a big name coach, a big name program actually um, fight for his players on something that in the past has been uh, quote unquote taboo, I guess that like um, usually when players uh partake in that sort of activity um coaches are usually upset yeah. you know I, I can't imagine nick saban coming out and saying that uh, this rule needs change and, and backing his players this much mm-hmm. so uh, that's definitely interesting we'll see how that plays out i don't think like i said i don't think anything's gonna happen now uh, i don't think they're gonna change any rules right now but we'll see definitely something to monitor no for sure for sure um yeah do you want to get into our uh thoughts for monday night here Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you want to get into your thoughts first? Yeah, sure. Um, I think it's evident, and I'm just going to come out and say it. But Drew Brees is declining, and I think that was the main takeaway from from Monday night. Um, I think Derek Carr looks really good. Um, and yeah, no. Drew Brees is having a really tough time getting the ball downfield to his playmakers. I agree. It just looks like he doesn't have a lot left in the tank. It's just simple as that. Um, yeah. The only thing that you can't avoid, you can avoid injuries. You can avoid this, that. You can't avoid Mother Nature, and he's just—he's getting old. You can't. You can't. Uh, Father Time is undefeated. Yeah. Um, and he's just not able to push the ball downfield with the same accuracy that he that he used to, and, and the same zip that he used to, and um, that was it's my definitely. Point. Posing an issue. Yeah, that was my thing. He wasn't. I didn't see that normal Drew Brees zip on the football where that thing just you know gets over and into the secondary so easily and just a perfect pinpoint accuracy. I just didn't see it, um, and I think it speaks to his age. I mean, he's forty-one years old. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. People can point to the fact that Michael Thomas is out. Yeah, I get that. Vegas was missing dudes on the starting um, on their offensive line, and I think they were missing a wide receiver. So. Look, it happens. You got to play through it. Drew Brees has been in the league long enough. You got to you got to deal with it. Yeah, and, and he, he came on the press conference and said that we're kind of out of sorts or out of whack or something like that. But he said we're we're out of sync. My question is, yeah, wh- why are you out of sync? You know, you've been there for what fifteen years now. And so is the you've had so the same coach. coach for fifteen years. Yeah, you have a decent offensive line. You've had much of the same weapons. I mean, I know Emmanuel Sanders is new, but he's still good. He's a veteran. He picked up the playbook quick. You should be able to get in sync with him. Uh, your other receivers that they've been there for at least two, three years. Jared Cook's been there for two, three years. Alvin Kamara's been there for two, three years. Figure it out. Yeah, I mean, um, but I some other think. thoughts that I had personally. Um, I think Vegas can play a little bit. They can. I, I did say coming out that they're the least talented team in their division. I think with injuries and stuff, I think they are now the second or third most talented team. I the. With the injuries to to the L.A. Um, Chargers, I think they 
it puts him in conversation with Vegas. And I think with the Broncos, Drew Locke's out, you're starting a backup quarterback. They're now probably the least talented team. Cortland Sutton's out. Um, they don't have a lot of guys that can make plays. So I would call them the most – they're the least talented team. I would put Vegas or L.A. third. But, but Vegas can play a little bit. Um, you see, I, I love Derek Carr. I've been saying it. Derek Carr, I don't understand how he gets so much heat. This guy was an MVP candidate. I don't know if anyone realized that. He was on pace for an MVP caliber season. Mm-hmm. And he got hurt, I think it was like one of the last couple weeks of the year. Um, and then and then after that, he saw Amari Cooper get traded away. He saw Khalil Mack get traded away. He saw a lot of other weapons gone. Yet he still gets ripped when he loses. Yeah. I, I, I just don't understand. He's a good quarterback. He's a top 10 to 12 quarterback. Um, he has a career pass rating of 91 and a 2.37 touchdown interception ratio. That's good. Derek Carr's pretty legit. When he's given weapons, he could be legit. I don't think he's special. I don't think he's great. Um, I, I, I would call him good, but needs weapons. I think he's with guys like Matt Ryan, Jared Goff, Big Ben. He needs a he needs protection. He needs weapons. Um, but if that's all given to him, which it was last night, he could be a really effective quarterback. No, yeah, I totally um, agree. And then also my other takeaway is that New Orleans just isn't that good. Um, they lost to a less talented team. Something's up with them. Like I said, they lost to a less talented team. I think, yeah, I like Vegas, but the Saints, it's not rocket science to say that they're more talented. Cam Jordan, when Michael Thomas is healthy, Alvin Kamara, even Drew Brees, um, Marshawn Lattimore, the, the list goes on. And uh, I, think, I think even if you look at week one, even their win there, um, without Tom Brady's uncharacteristic interceptions, they might not win that game. I mean, Tom Brady might as well have handed them that that pick six, that was a terrible throw on a terrible route, terrible decision. The guy could have walked in. He could have crawled in. Um, and then without that pick, without that miscommunication to Michael Thomas, I think that turned into a, at least a field goal. Um, th- that, that game could have looked much different. It was way closer than that score indicates. And um, I think the Saints need to figure it out and figure it out quick because by their standards, they don't look good right now. No, yeah. I, uh, I would agree with that. And – like you said, they better do it quick because I I think it must have been the last episode on Monday that I said it. I think you have about a four-game window to get things figured out uh, in the NFL uh, because each game matters so much. I would take those first four weeks and say, look, uh, get all the kinks worked out, but you should be in your midseason form uh, by week five, I would say. I agree. I think, I think you see a lot of – of what teams are after four weeks. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we're getting into, we're starting week three tomorrow on Thursday. So uh, the Saints, they have this week and next week, in my opinion, to really like get things figured out and and get playing the way they want to play to make a push for this season, especially because it's probably going to be the last one with Drew Brees, I would assume. He's going to be a Yeah, they definitely loaded up. You look at their salary cap and their payroll and stuff. They loaded up this year. Yeah. You know, this is the year for them to make something happen, and it's not looking – it's not a good start so yeah. far. Yeah, so they need to get that turned around in New Orleans. But let's get to our Thursday night predictions. Um, so this week is the Dolphins and the Jags. Uh, yeah, we got the – we got Miami going down and uh, facing Jacksonville. Not too far of a travel there, so that's pretty cool. No, yeah, I, um, I think it's going to – it's definitely going to be a lower-scoring game, I think, a little less I think it's exciting. Gonna be, I think it's going to be I think it's gonna be close, and we were talking earlier that I, I think I might take the under, but I'm going to revise my statement, and I think I'm going to go over here, and here's why. What's the over-under at? The over-under is 48.5. Yeah, 
Okay. And here's why I'm going to go over. The Dolphins are dead last in the AFC in um, in defense. They, they've they let up 440 yards of offense per game, uh, 200 and and, and, uh, and about 77 yards passing, and the Jags have let up 294 yards passing. Mm-hmm. So neither of these defenses are, are really good. Um, they both let up about 26 points a game. And so you, you go by that, that's the over. And I think that Minshew actually looks decent. And uh, he's been spreading the ball around pretty good. I am going to go over, and I think I am going to pick Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, I never – I'm going to take Jacksonville as well. Um, I do think Minshew will do really well against this defense. I think we've seen him do pretty well against better defenses than uh, the Dolphins. So I'm going to go ahead and take the over on that as well. Uh, All right. I never thought I'd be picking the Jags to win a game. I know, I know. But the way Miami's looked and the way the Jaguars have looked, i got to pick the Jags. Yeah, and I mean, we were talking about this a little bit earlier too um, with – um, Tua, and could we see him possibly come in to this game? I think it's a possibility. When you're playing, I, I definitely think it's a possibility. When you're playing a team like the Jags, and they have not the most talented defense, sure, they have Josh Allen from Kentucky on that edge, but you don't really. That's that's have, about it. They don't have a great defense. Yeah, so I would say if Miami gets in trouble. I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see Tua make a appearance for a little bit, at least. I wouldn't either. Here, I'm going to say this. I, I don't think he's going to, but I wouldn't be shocked yeah, if I did so. That's the same way I feel, because I don't think his first start's going to come until week five or week six. I agree. Well, I, I think it's actually going to come even a little bit later. I think they have a little bit of a gauntlet up until, I guess, to this game. I think they face a lot of tough teams up until, like, week seven or eight. So I think after that, maybe. Right, but this um, this could be a good tester tester week for him. Uh, I know if they're thinking of going to him later in the season, this could definitely be a week where you know maybe give him the fourth quarter and just see how he does. A little time to acclimate without any OTAs or or training camp. I think it could be really really beneficial. No, I I, I couldn't agree more. Um, like I said, we'll see. Um, well, if he plays, the cover the the um, the spread is three for Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, do you think they cover? I do. I think they cover that. I, yeah, I, I think they win by more than three points as well. I think they win um, by a touchdown. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. Yeah, I think it's either. I don't know. I'm thinking like a like a 27 to like 21 game. Yeah. Uh, or well, that could actually that would actually be the under. Um. Yeah, maybe like a maybe like a 28 24 game. I could see yeah, that. yeah, like a, like a twenty eight twenty four. I think could be, could be, um, could be it. So yeah, I, I'm actually I am gonna go. I'm gonna go to the over still. Yeah, I mean I could definitely see that happening. But if uh, Tua plays, don't forget you guys heard it here first. Uh, we were <laughs> hopped on that one, so uh, you know maybe maybe hope for him to play. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But uh, no, yeah. Um, so we got the over under. We got the spread. That's about all, right? I mean. I don't think I have yeah. anything else here for today's episode. I'm just looking through. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll ask you real quick. I'll pose a question to you. All right, go ahead. Um, so I'm trying to put this. Is, okay, yeah. So who do you think who do you think performs better, Gardner Minshew or, or Ryan Fitzpatrick? I think Minshew, and I think he's been better 
all season so far. Uh, I think he's kind of shocked people that the Jags aren't going to just be a total dumpster fire this year. Um, no, so yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I he's like got six Minch- touchdowns. Yeah, I do like Minshew more. What about you? All right. Um, yeah, I, I like Minshew. I like Minshew more. I think he's he's fun to watch. He's mobile. He can throw. No, yeah. Um, I don't see why a lot of people bang on him. I think he's pretty good. No, for sure. Uh, let's go. Who do you think? Okay, so rush yards. The leading rusher for Jacksonville is um, a guy by the name of James Robinson. He's got 164 yards so far this year. Um, Miami is more running back by committee, so their leading rusher is Miles Gaston with only 86 yards. Um, Jacksonville averages 128 yards rushing. Miami only 93. Who do you think outrushes? I think Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville. Uh, I think Jacksonville also has. They don't have really an offensive line, but I do think they have a better offensive line than um, Miami, you know? No, yeah, I, I agree. I'm going to go – I'm actually going to go with Miami. Really? Um, I, I do agree with the offensive line thing, but I think Miami, I think what they need to do, I think they realize what they need to do um, is run the ball more. Mm-hmm. You got Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, Miles Gasson. You got running back by committee. You need to start running the football more. Well, I mean um, – Ryan Fitzpatrick reminds me – I mean, yes, he's older and, and – um, I was exciting, I would say, as, as like a Baker Mayfield or uh, or a Kirk Cousins, but those type of he's that type of quarterback where, yeah, you get him a good running game and he could throw off a little play action there, he could be really good. Yeah. And um, I think they should they should get to that. And if they wake up and see it, then I think they'll they're going to outrush the Jaguars. So I am going to pick Miami to outrush the Jaguars. Okay. Well, that I mean just about does it here for yeah. Uh, not much. Not too much more to go over here. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that is our Thursday night predictions um, for uh, the Thursday night matchup, the Dolphins and the Jaguars. Go check out the Instagram, everyone. Go check it out. Yeah, go check our Instagram out at the underscore issue podcast. We have a new graphic up from our LeBron and Jordan debate that was on Monday. So we will have a... We'll have a graphic up this week about Tim's trivia as well. Yeah. So um, go check it out. Yeah, uh, for sure. And then also our Twitter, at the underscore issue podcast. Or no, just at the issue podcast. Uh, there's no uh, underscores in the Twitter handle. Um, so go check out our Twitter and Instagram. Uh, drop us a follow. Drop us a like. Uh, you know, uh, just stay informed. Stay up to date on what we're doing here at the issue. We're going to be tweeting out a lot this Sunday. Uh, just some updates on the game. Yeah, maybe even a little bit tomorrow when I'm watching this, uh, watching this Jags Dolphins game. Well, actually, we might be actually, able. To, we'll probably watch it together. Yeah, we'll be able to probably watch it together and possibly get a Friday episode in person. Uh, Absolutely, if we can swing that. So that would definitely be preferred. But guys, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we will be back on Friday. Don't forget to watch that Thursday night game. It should be good. And the uh, Stanley Cup game three tonight. So thank you, and that is the issue.